You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network to record an episode 2,131 days in a row, the Iron Pod. I am Jake Mintz. That is Jordan Schusterman. We are Cespedes Family Barbecue. Bit of a different pod today, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, So you're listening to this. It is Labor Day. We are not going to do labor on Labor Day. So we are recording this on the Friday before September 4th. So we will not be addressing any of the action from this past weekend. We will get to all the current Major League Baseball happening on Thursday's episode. You know what would have been funny if we had tried to do that? And that was the whole goal of the episode. Whoa, I can't. The great stuff from the Padres this past weekend, Jordan. I know. I For me, it was the Kyle Lewis five home run game, which I feel like we should address, but I guess we can't because we're <laughs> it's speaking before it happened. Um, it's wild that this, the, they docked the Rays, Yankees, and Blue Jays all eight wins like when an English Premier League team mismanages their money and gets relegated and the Orioles are in I first. Know. I can't believe that. I can't believe that happened, but we, we just Crazy. don't have time to talk about it. On, on this episode, we are going to be mostly diving in to our mailbag, which uh, we should be promoting uh, more more clearly. Baseballbbqpod at gmail.com. If you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you have hot takes, if you have anything, make sure you send them our way. We're going to do a bunch of them today. We also do have a special guest uh, this week, Jake, or in this episode, Jake, and and I can't believe we were able to to, to make this one happen. Yeah, our special guest is easily in the top two of my parents. It is my mom. She is on the pod this week to discuss the most momentous moment of my lifetime, my birth, and the most important moment of Cal Ripken's lifetime, him passing Lou Gehrig. Those two things happened on the same or one day apart, technically. I was born September 5th, 1995, the day Cal tied Lou. My mom is from Baltimore. She's an Orioles fan. She has stories about that day. So she, we had her on to for her to talk about. Is it nepotism if yes. you have your mom yes, on the pod? Yes, it is. Even if it's a good reason, that's still we still have to call that uh, reverse yeah. nepotism. I don't know. Who knows? Very strange. Um, but you guys, you guys can decide that after. Um, so yes. Yeah, so this this week uh, in this episode, we're going to open up the mailbag. Uh, we have some wonderful questions. We have some wonderful thoughts, and we are going to uh, do a few of these. And helping us with this wonderful exercise will, of course, be our tremendous MetsCon hero, our producer, Bobby Wagner. Uh, Bobby, uh, how are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing great. I like to pod in the in the past or the future. <laughs> I don't know how that timeline works. I need someone who knows sci-fi better than me. Someone who's a Chris Bobby. Nolan fan. Jump on the pod. Jump in the mailbag. Yes. yes. <laughs> if Bobby feels sounds really happy, it's because the Yankees... Uh, lost to his Mets 
late Thursday night. Uh, but by the time you're listening to this, there's a chance that they will have been swept over the weekend. Bobby, read wow. the first question. Should I try to do MetsCon in advance? That's <laughs> dangerous territory. I don't think we should do that. The first question actually reminds me of that Mets win that you're referring to, Jake. It comes from Steven from Atlanta. And he says, assuming there isn't lightning, what's stopping teams from playing in heavy rain aside from super sloppy play? I'd like to see it. I say this is an NC State alum who watched this game in its entirety. And then there's a very long link. And I don't know anything about college baseball, so I'll throw it to you guys. Thanks, Bobby. Well, uh, Bobby, the, I, Bobby, you're you're a smart guy. You can pick up on the context clues. Basically, did it <laughs> rain State, in the game? <laughs> yes, NC State uh, and Notre Dame played a, a ridiculously sloppy and ugly and dangerous game uh, a few years back, where there was a hurricane, but there wasn't lightning. So let's just play baseball. Uh, Jake, you really like this question, and I believe you have some some spicy takes here. So this person is just saying, Stephen's saying, you know what? If someone, no one's going to get hit by lightning. Who cares how hard it's raining? Uh, and what do you think about this? I got to get the caveats out of the way. Uh, it is dangerous to pitch in rain because you don't have any kind of grip and the ball could go anywhere. It's dangerous to swing a bat in rain because the bat could fly out of your hands. There's no grip there either. That being said, this is a phenomenal idea. I'm for it. They play other sports in all kinds of torrential downpour, you know, sloppy mud football. There's really great snow European soccer that happens a lot. And I'm for that. I mean, the elements are the elements, and you just got to roll through it. As long as it is not dangerous to anyone's health, like, oh, oh, another caveat. Slipping on bases can lead to a lot of splintered UCLs and, sorry, ACLs. That being said, I think that there is a level of rain baseball that is incredibly entertaining. Just because baseball is not crisp does not mean that it is not fun to watch, right? So, like, in college, I played in one game where it was delayed after two innings due to torrential downpour, but they had to play the bottom of the second inning because they played the top of the first, the second. And my team scored four runs with no balls, leaving the infield all on pop flies because it was raining hard into the infielders eyes. And so I want that. I want weirdness uh, in the majors. I mean, when I watched that and Bobby, you mentioned, right. Cause this Mets Yankees game uh, was looking like it was heading towards a delay before it ended up, uh, not being just, you know, finishing out. But as we um, learned last week, it's very hard to reschedule Mets games these days. So oh, that's you had to true. just keep you, playing through it. You got to just keep playing through it. That's a great point. Um, but Why don't yeah, the Mets I mean, just go back into the clubhouse for the rain delay and then like just come, come out back like an, out hour, an later hour later? Yeah, exactly. Very powerful. Yeah, It is weird. That's I mean, I think Jake's point is right that like, Watching the sloppy, horrible versions of other sports in the mud and rain and whatnot can be entertaining. I don't really know if those are more or less dangerous than baseball. Obviously, when you're throwing a baseball really hard and it might slip and you don't control it, like that's more dangerous, I guess, than the other sports. But I, I don't know. I kind of like it. I mean, the thing I always wonder is who is more miserable, the pitcher or the hitter? Because I, I don't understand. And this is just a broader point. It is amazing that they're even able to play in the rain that they do play in because I, I yeah. just don't, I don't understand it. I have a compromise here before we move on to the next question. So we have domed stadiums. Tailgate tent over the pitcher. Yeah, me too. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> kind of my idea, which is that you, you retract half the stadium roof so it covers the pitcher and the batter so you don't have Wait, any type. Bobby's idea is way better. Instead of doing it, you know how big a freaking roof? You, you wouldn't be able to do that. The rain would still be affecting 
the pitcher and the batter. There's no way but you could way close less the roof so. particularly. Way less so. No way. You can no pitch chance. in some rain. You can you close the roof halfway so it covers the mound and the plate, and you let the outfielders and like the shortstop Ooh, let get the soaked. outfielders. Okay, see now that makes a little bit more sense. Bobby, the roof, I like your idea. The roof being halfway closed is like kind of dystopian. You know, it's like just like the moon coming at halfway in front of the sun as right. the, the earth is ending. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I I but I like your idea. Like the tents that the that the players sit now under during the games because they're not allowed to be in the dugouts just plop one of those over <laughs> over the mound um and i mean obviously you'd have some bad balls being interfered with but i don't know <laughs> shut the <laughs> fuck safer. up <laughs> no you have it over the, ba- the over the batter too that sounds great that seems like uh everyone else is is at risk jordan that is you probably put safest. Up, okay let me take you through a quick hypothetical uh guy pops one up straight up into the that's not, hey, listen, that's not the pitcher's ball anyway. So, <laughs> so it's not the pitcher's problem. He can just take a seat on the mound, enjoy the dryness as all of his infielders are getting drenched. The pitcher then to- is responsible for pulling the tent away. Yes. You've yes, added a new exactly. element of strategy, which baseball fans seem to love. There you go. All right, read the new question. Next yeah, question, next, next, R. Next Nelson123 says, two things that I don't like hearing are catchers framing and good clubhouse guys. R. Nelson123 coming out with the heat. There's been plenty of terrible teammates uh, who have been on successful teams and the exaggerated arm jerking of framing is so noticeable, I don't know how the umps don't see it. All right. Let's go beat by beat. Okay. Let's do framing first. If it is noticeable to the point that the catcher is jerking it back into the zone, that's bad framing. So what you don't like is bad framing. Good framing is (laughs) like flopping. Yes, yeah. it is yeah. subtle. Good framing is subtle. If you want to watch a good framer, like Mike Zunino is really good at it. Jordan, you watched a lot of him over the years. Yeah, I mean, um, there, there it are... is mostly about pitches that are low in the zone, making them look like low strikes. Yeah, and also, like, let's just be real. Robo-umps are coming soon, so if you really hate framing good or bad that much, you won't have to worry about it uh, very much soon. Although at that point, you might miss it, not only because robo-umps might be not as good as you think, but also because then the catchers might be getting extremely lazy in the ways that they receive the ball. Um, and that could also be uh, an element that we are not prepared for. But, uh, okay, what about what about uh, good clubhouse guys? This is a real thing. Let's We have to stop acting like this isn't a real thing. And uh, sorry, it's okay. You can like WRC Plus and good clubhouse guys at the same time. That's okay. Like, the, you, yeah. you, both of those things can't exist. I'm, I'm okay. It really that. is simple as like if anyone who's been in a workplace can attest, having a healthy workplace with people who are respectful to one another and keep things relatively loose and aren't annoying to like be around all day, like that makes a difference in how good people are at their jobs. And that is so applicable to baseball, even more so because of the amount of time these people are all spending together. Also, uh, of course, good teams have individual terrible teammates as good workplaces have individual assholes. So, <laughs> yeah, like this it's podcast fine. has Jake. Yes, yes. Hey, right. we, we, we all, we all, the pirates have. So it's possible. It's possible to have a, a. But now, again, there is probably a tipping point where it's like, oh, man, we got a lot of guys that are not fun to be around and now we suck. Exactly. Um, like there are members of the 2019 Nationals who like are probably like bad and annoying teammates to be around, but like the overwhelming vibe of a 
like you can have bad chemistry and still be good, but it being having good chemistry helps you. It is a good thing. I'm not saying trade all of your players for like, you know, all of your talented players for nice men, right? Like don't do that, but it is helpful to have a Gerardo Parra around who can like make things fun and make things loose like that. It it doesn't show up in the box score, but that doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Especially like, again, if baseball players think it matters and they think it's affecting their performance in the field, then it probably matters to an extent. I agree. Do you want to talk about our Nelson one, two, three's favorite player of all time, Damian Easley? Uh, I do. Uh, Mostly just because I think Damian Easley is an amazing example of like, when you hear that, you think, how did that happen? How, what happened there where he became your favorite player? Now he was an all-star in 1998. And so maybe it's like a Jason Marquis situation where the stars aligned and he was an all-star at the same year that his little league was in the little league world series. And they all love Jason Marquis at the same time. And that's what happened with, you know, Damien Easley in 1998. But I don't know. That's a good one. Is he still two, your favorite player or Nelson one, two, three? That's, that's even more surprising. Two important Damien Easley things before we move on. One is that two. he is currently the hitting coach of the San Diego Padres. So that is an important role is right he? now. Cause <laughs> okay. That's great. true. Yeah. The second is, uh, at the time of his retirement, Damien Easley had the career, had the record for most regular season games played without a postseason appearance Ooh. in the wild card era. So like in modern baseball, he since got passed by uh, Randy Wynn, Adam Dunn, and for a while, Vernon Wells. But um, hey, but hey, all the more reason to root for the Padres to make the postseason is to get Damien Easley into October. Hell yes. That's why people are all in on the Padres, I believe. Reason number, how far down the list is that? Does Fernando uh, Tatis Jr. become a star without Damian Easley? Probably no. Butterfly probably. effect. I don't know why Jeff Passan didn't mention that in his profile. Very strange. That's just Can bad you imagine Passan's just on the beach in San Pedro de Macorís and he's like, we're here not for Tatis, but for Damian Easley. <laughs> All right. Next, next question, one. Bobby. Okay, next question is not even a question. It's just a take. Love it. This comes from Grant. As an A's fan, I think Billy Bean is hotter than Brad Pitt. Jordan, your thoughts? Love this take. Uh, I like that he, I mean, I assume you're an A's fan because to have this level of reverence for Billy Bean, not just the GM, but also the human being that you've clearly seen him, you've watched Billy Bean exist enough that you've thought about this in the same way that we've all watched Brad Pitt enough. But you know, I trust this A's fan that he knows uh, who is hotter. And I respect it, man. I mean, how much older is Billy Bean than Brad Pitt, honestly? Like, it's probably... It's even not close. an age thing. It's, 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 not, not, it's not an age thing, I know. But, like, again, you can you can get bonus <sighs> points if you're like, oh, like, wow, he's he's actually this age, but he looks so good. Like, this no. is, this is, I'm just saying Jordan. that I think that could help. What do you say? You're this just saying is this is a, a bad take? This is a bad take. Brad Pitt is, like, a top 10 most charismatic, handsome human being on Earth. And Billy Bean is is like a fine looking gentleman, but he's not more attractive. The real question here that uh, this emailer is dancing around is that Paul D. Podesta hotter than Jonah Hill <laughs> at the time of the movie, for sure. Like oh. young D. Podesta hotter than uh, young Jonah Hill. Maybe yeah. current Jonah Hill versus Paul D. Podesta is a different conversation, but that. I, close to a good take. Very close to yeah. a good take, but just missed. 
This feels like trying Uh, to convince yourself that Jeff Green is better than LeBron just because Jeff Green had one good game. You know, like I mean, look, look at the stats, man. Like he can fill up a box score. It's really what it's all about. Um, Billy Bean's hotness doesn't work in the postseason. That's the one issue. Uh, All right, let's move on. Let's move on uh, to the next question, Bobby. This is such a hard and common question, but I'm going to throw it to you guys anyway because you put it on here. So I I assume you have answers. Uh, This comes from Simon. I'm a big fan of the show. Have a question for the upcoming mailbag. Suppose you are a big leaguer. What walk-up music would you play before an at-bat if you were trying to be as weird, grotesque, yet endearing as possible? I've always thought it would be weirdly satisfying if a batter walked up to extremely intense jazz among the litany of rap and country songs. Looking forward to hearing what craziness y'all can think of. (laughs) All right. So in college, on my team, for the first couple of years, the older players picked the freshman walk-up songs against their will. And so there was some pretty ridiculous stuff. Someone had Careless Whisperer. Which was really funny to walk up to. Right. You um, need, you're so used to hearing either extremely deep, either, either some country that you've both heard too many times or Take have never jukebox. heard before. Or you're getting some, you're basically just getting rap music that you've also heard before. And again, that it's really just back yeah. and forth. Most major league lineups are alternating it with a, with some Latin rap uh, thrown in there as well. Thank you. Um, in the case Which of Michael you Conforto, them. you're getting the like second most famous Drake song currently. <laughs> right. I here's there are a couple different ways to go with this. One is classical music, which is just so funny and would be very jarring to listen to. I would love some sort of like imag- it, like what is it? Imogen Heap. What the hell is going on? The hide and seek song. <laughs> it's yes. like now yes. batting which, Starling which Marte. Which would be particularly haunting in the empty stadiums. Um, yes. I think there's some big potential uh, now. And I know watching on some of the broadcasts, like we can hear the walk up music better than ever before. Um, it used to just be you could only hear it on the Dodgers because their sound system is so loud, but now you can hear it on most broadcasts. So yeah, it's just like something different. You just got to mix it up. I like the jazz idea. I think that's great. Um, but, but man, it's just, just something, something off the beaten path would be encouraged. Uh, there's again, I would maybe play like uh fresh air podcast with Terry gross, right? Podcast. Like can you intro. do that? Wait. Can you do that, though? Like, uh, would they allow you to do that? Okay, but this is the thing. Say you're Joey Votto or say you're whatever, some face of the franchise somewhere. My favorite murder with (laughs) Joey Votto steps to the plate. If you go to the sound system people and you're Joey, like, what are they going to be like? No, Joey, we can't do that. Like, why not? Hey, if it's under, you know this, Bobby, as a producer, if it's under seven seconds, you can do whatever you want. You can take from whoever else you want. Joey Votto's like yelling about fair use. Now batting number 23, Fernando Tatis Jr. I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, I'm sure Tatis was all about cereal. And I listen, I think that like if you want to go podcast, the podcast intro, you want to do like, I mean, we've seen TV themes, right? Okay, Wilmer Flores, like that's great. Like, but I I do think we need to kind of branch out and and really get, get funky. So there are, this is more applicable, I think, to 
you know, arenas, so hockey and basketball, but there are moments where there's like the montage of hype movie scenes to get the crowd going for like the ninth inning or the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. And it's always like a clip from 300, the miracle speech, the scene in animal house where he's yelling, like just walk up to one of those, like a really intense movie scene. That would be incredibly off putting. That's not grotesque. (laughs) I want like music from the major motion picture Suspiria by Luca Guadagnino. Like, (laughs) You got to get real. We don't like, know what that means. <laughs> let's go with oh, like look the at birds me. I, soundtrack. Look at me. I produced the big picture. Oh, I'm Bobby Wagner. Hey. I know films. Okay. We get it. It's okay. No, I know. Cool, I, man. That's fine. But we have no idea what you're talking about. But I trust that that was a very good reference and good joke. Other off-putting things <laughs> uh, that come to mind would be the national anthem. <laughs> I yes. I don't want that. Yes. For or like reasons. But could you imagine if a player was like now batting Bryce Harper and it's none like how many players or, oh would my God. step no, out of the dugout? Dude, like if someone like when we have our first player from, you know, Belgium, which will hopefully happen at Hell some yeah. point in the next 20 years, if he walking up to the Belgian national anthem, like something like that, you know, I don't know if Dovidas Neverowskis is warming up to the Lithuanian one, but I would support Dean, it. If Dean Bryce Kremer Harper walk out to Hot Tikva. If Bryce Harper walked up to the national anthem, do you think everybody would stand every time? Oh my god! Uh, yes, I don't want to answer that question. Uh, and then okay. in college, we had a kid. We had a kid who walked up to the Price Is Right theme song. There you go. Mm. That, that, again, we're just trying anything that has not been done before. We support. Is basically the way to look at it. Grotesque uh, is just a, a weird way to phrase this question because it's like. Off-putting yeah, like, is to me. Do you want like right. raining blood by Slayer as you're walking <laughs> I was up? Say, like that's grotesque. Like, do you want to go Cannibal Corpse? Is that what we're trying to go for here? Um, okay, let's, uh, Bobby. Let's move on uh, to another. Question. Okay, this is I, a listen, quick one. Walk-up questions are we're used to those, but yeah, I enjoyed that. This is a quick one. This comes from Kiana. Is that the female Australian voice when you use the Siri yes. voice to intro guests? Yes, Jake wanted it to be the Australian one. The Siri thing was my idea. Who chooses the emojis? Um, it's usually me. Sometimes, like with Bradford William Davis, who is an esteemed guest who I know personally, I let him choose the emojis himself. But for I everybody else, that. Me. wow! See, we're we're learning along with our listeners here. Investigative journalism. That's uh, news for us. Oh wait, I, I two two things. Uh, Kiana is great and works for uh, works at Martha's Table in DC, who we did the COVID food drive for. She's awesome. Uh, the thing that this is important that I want to explain and is a perfect transition to our guest is that the reason it's Australian is because my Siri on my phone is Australian because I love the Australian accent. Now, this has been a big problem for me when I use Siri because if I go to Siri and I say, Siri, call mom, Siri goes, you don't have anyone in your phone as mum because in Australia, they think I'm saying mum. So if I call my mom, I can't use Siri. So let's call my mom. <laughs> Calling Jake's actual mum, orange heart, bird head, woman judge. All right, now for a very Cal uh, Ripken special edition of baseball barbecue we'd like to bring in a very special guest she's known lovingly on baseball twitter as jake's mom it is helene greenfeld jake's mom welcome to baseball barbecue for the first time 
Hi, it's me, Jake's mom. Wow. I'm very excited to podcast. Have I was I on your other podcast? Yeah, a couple of times. Okay. So now this is my debut. It's a big time. I want a big platform. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I said that you have a real name, Helene, because um People I think the last time we had you on the podcast, we just called you Jake's mom the whole time. So that's fine. That's that's my identity here. Right. Okay. okay. So so Jake, why is your mom on the podcast? Can you explain well, this? Uh this past Saturday was September fifth, nineteen ninety-five. And or no, well, not the year. It was September fifth, two thousand twenty. <laughs> it is the twenty-fifth anniversary of my birth and the twenty-fifth anniversary of Cal Ripken tying Lou Gehrig, and then on the sixth of September, passing Lou Gehrig for the most games played consecutively in Major League history. Now I was born the day of, and I have some questions for my mom, who is from Baltimore who is an Orioles fan uh, about who was there when you were born. I was there. You were there when I was born. Yes. You can confirm that. Yes. There I were was. there, okay. were there fans there? Like, cause now we don't have fans. Were there fans at um, both Jake's birth and at Cal Ripken's, uh, Jake's time dad was there. Okay. Okay. Uh, in, not in the room were Jake's aunt, Jake's four month old cousin, Jake's grandparents. On his father's side, as you will see. So it was a smaller crowd than Cal Ripken had. Did yeah. did Cal is known for doing the lap after he broke the record? Did you do a lap after you gave well, birth to me? I mean, they wheeled me around <laughs> from the operating room since you were born at the C-section to my room. So I don't know if it was a full lap, but I did. Okay, the people, you know, in on the way. It, it, it became apparent. It became apparent that Cal was going to break this record, like pretty far in advance. And it must have become apparent relatively far in advance to you that you were pregnant. When did it kind of click to you that, like, oh, the most famous baseball player on the team that I root for and grew up rooting for and loving, and your parents love, my grandparents love the team. That's going to happen around the same time that I give birth. That's kind of funky. That's a good story, a good question, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that it dawned on all of us. I, my family had, had for many, many years, had a group of um, season tickets. I was not in the syndicate, but those who were could, would do a little lottery for things like opening day, any time we were in the playoffs, which in my childhood was frequently, you know, uh, and this was also no different. There was a drawing, and of the people who were in it, it was our family, Uncle Stanley, some of his friends, and Susan, my sister Susan, and my parents. They had separate shares. And I see. As it happened, my sister and my mother both picked the tickets for that day. I don't. So for some- that was ahead of time. Okay, they knew it. I don't remember when I knew that that was converging because I guess I never figured I was going. I didn't try to get in that pool. Because you were having a baby. A baby. Right. No one wants to go to a baseball game nine months pregnant an hour away from their hospital. Right. Which was a very mature decision, it seems like, on your part. But it it seems like... It seems like your your mother and your sister knew they had the tickets. Yes. Like at least a week before this day was coming. Okay. Okay. So they knew. And then... And then the day comes and mm-hmm. it's clear you're having a child. And I don't know what day. What it was time. there a couple of days before because Jake was late 
Oh, it was very, very late. late. 10 days late. And so that's I weird because normally Jake is, I mean, I'm usually the one that's late. Right. And he's um, a pilot. Yeah. He was 10 days late. Right. Right. And so, and, and Jake also fittingly seems to have just left the Zoom, but we'll continue on with oh, that. Well. That's fine. I, I can, I can. part of the story before there was Jake. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Jake gets for for right. for forcing so on maybe the okay. board again here. But it's fine. I'll I'll just be the objective, the okay. neutral interviewer here, who's yeah. not actually biased here. Okay. So then the story yeah. goes, uh, Jake's mom. Yeah. That that uh, then a decision must be made, right? Because you're about to have a child, right? Right. But there's this really cool baseball game that's about to happen. So so then what happens on on September fifth? September fifth is a Tuesday, if I'm correct. I and, can confirm that, but go ahead. Right. So I went to the hospital Monday, like afternoon, evening, where they sort of, because I was late, they just start your labor with some medications. And they say, why don't you go home now? Everything should start and then you'll come back in the morning. They told uh, you to go I home. I never had a baby. That seemed to be. And then I guess my family was going to come in the morning because we figured the baby would be born in the morning and the game was, I don't know. Game time, 7.05 or something, right? Maybe 7.35 for TV or something. So, fine. Uh, and they would come and they would go. That we, we were at the old George Washington University Hospital. So, I don't know. It could be 45 minutes an hour to drive. So, they had time. So, my, I think my mother and my sister must have come together with my niece, who was then four months old. And, um, oh, but so I went to the hospital, did that thing the night before. I came home. I started going into labor. It was an excruciating pain. I took two sleeping pills that should have made me knock me out, but they didn't. So we went back in the hospital, get this baby out of me. That went on for all day long. All day long. And I, all day long. Things were not progressing. No. In the way they should have been. No. And so now it's like getting to so closer right. to game so time. On Tuesday, point, you're correct. It was a Tuesday. It was a first pitch was 735. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so I want to say around three o'clock, we still don't haven't decided that I'm going to have a C-section. And my mother's in the room and she's looking at her watch. My, she's like, Ooh, right. how so, much time do I need here to make Jake's sure I can get to, to Camden Yards? Um, you have somewhere to go, Ruth? Like, he must have forgotten. He's like, what's your hurry? Like, usually when you're waiting for a baby, you're not distracted by having to go somewhere. Look, there, there's Jake uh, texting us. Jake just texted. Uh, he texted me, you, uh, Bobby, our producer, um, and uh, and just said, oh, Wi-Fi, super pooped out. Okay, so we'll see. Jake will be back. Well, New York City and its infrastructure. So exactly. uh, she said, well, you know, I have tickets to that a ticket to that game. He said, oh, right. well, you know, I mean, Helene's going to have the baby soon because at a certain point, it, like, you have to have the baby. Right. You're both going to die. So that right. Important you know to, you got to do that. It has to happen. But it's cutting it close. And she's there. And my sister, not looking at her watch, realizes she is also in the same boat, but wants to. So time passes and they realize I'm going to have the C-section. And my mother says, I'm just going to go. <laughs> she says, and so. When do you think that is? Jake, Jake's coming back here, reconnecting, reconnecting. Jake, we're getting to the, the climax of the story here. Your your grandmother, your mom's mom, has just decided I'm out of here. I'm I'm out of here. I'm I'm going. I cannot wait. I've no now you're about now, to have a C-section. I'm remember leaving. they've driven over in one car, my sister and my mother and my niece. Uh. 
Did she just get an Uber? There was no Uber. Oh, so she got a Lyft. Yeah. So she and my mother never takes taxis or trains or there was no, there was before the Zoom bus. Boom. What's it called? Vazoom. Vavoom. Vamoose. Vamoose. No one is going to know what we're talking about. If you're in the DC area, you know what we're talking about. Well, anyway, these, those buses that go between New York and yes. Baltimore, Washington for cheap and the people take them now, but there was none of that even. So I remember she was looking at her watch and she started figuring out how to take the Mark train. So my mother took, I think a cab, unless she's in New York city, she never takes cab. It's not a thing in Baltimore. So she took a cab to the Mark train to the game. And my sister called her husband. The ticket was at home. And she said, I'm not going to come. You go. So she stayed with me. Oh, your sister, the superior family member in that regard, but not the superior baseball fan. No. Did anyone go the next day on September 6th? That's a good question. We have to ask Stanley. No. Why didn't you let me go on September 6th? Why didn't I get to go? I was around. I was fine. As I recall, you didn't ask. Uh, Ah, if I had had, like come out of the womb and been like, yo, mom, can I go to the game? You had asked, like, I would have let you go. But but come on, this is like Passover. He was the one who did not know how to ask. That's a good question. That's right. He did not know how to ask. Damn. And that doesn't Owned. mean you can't ignore him. He still might want to go to the game. You you could in the context clues would have been that he was going to be this big Orioles fan. I Mom. failed him from the beginning. But I do remember a few other things. Number one, my father wanted definitely to name him Cal. That he really yeah. tried to persuade us. So who not enough that? Jewish cows. That's the issue. It just didn't seem to go with what we wanted to name him after, like Jews do, dead family members who we right. want to remember. We have so many. That's very true. We do have a lot. We've got a lot, so. Thanks, Nazis. But we went with someone we actually knew and uh, didn't have anybody named Cal or anything close to it. But I remember when they brought me into the room with the baby, we'll call him Jake, and cool. we had the, I was get the TV on, and we watched the him come to bat and we watched the whole celebration i can't remember what inning they did it maybe after his first at bat because so, the, you were born around five something yeah six something so there was plenty of so i was i was awake i was settled enough that I we see. watched the game and we have pictures photos of you of tv from the hospital room this episode is brought to you by anytime fitness We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, 
all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Uh, I'm looking at the game logs here, and something that I'm noticing that I don't think I realized this about these games is that in this three-game series against uh, the California Angels, he homered on the fourth, he was the amazing. fifth, and the sixth. Yes. So, though, I mean, can you imagine this old dude who's playing his millionth game in a row is also still hitting home runs? I, I, it Hell must yeah. have been crazy. Right. Mom, I, I will end this deep, uh, hard-hitting interview on this question, which is <laughs> like, try and explain to me how big of a deal this was. Not my birth, um, but Cal. It was a big deal. So remember. Right. I don't, so maybe, Jordan, you can look this up, but I don't remember when they started putting the numbers up on the warehouse. But there were, for people who don't remember or haven't seen it, they put, they were counting up to the number of games he played to the time when he would um, tie or, and then surpass. And so they had the big numbers up on the warehouse all season, I think, for a long time. So it was a big deal. It was a consciousness in every Orioles fan's memory. I didn't have kids and I didn't go out a lot that summer because I was so big and it was so hot. So we watched a lot of baseball. Right. It was a big thing. It was very exciting and it was a big thing in Baltimore and certainly in my family. Yeah. Like the president went to the game. Like that, like Clinton was there, right? Which is... It was a big deal. Jordan, also, do you have any other questions? Also, I was mom? just going to say the, the great thing about the counter in that context is it's much more reliable because you know he's going to go out and play versus what we've seen this year with Albert Pujols stuck on 659. And every time he comes right, to at that, they keep showing 659. And it's like, is he going to do it? And it's like, oh, no, right, still the only 659. thing that would stop it, you thought would be a rain out, you know, if so. But after a while, it was there was a certain point where you knew that would happen. I do love the idea of like there's a double play and like someone slides near Cal and everyone's like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. no! oh, you, you spent the you spent the whole season like that, worried. That's so very stressful. Happened. On top of being pregnant with your first child, so yeah. I oh my gosh. imagine that was right. a lot for that you. Combination. Uh, yeah, mom, thank you for joining us here on Baseball Barbecue. Thank you for making me an Orioles fan despite the pain it has caused. Thank you for uh, giving birth to me. That was fucking sweet. That was cool of you to do. Very other centered. Oh. Yeah, it's. I mean. For you, it's been downhill since then. Yeah, both, that was both, both in my life and and with the Orioles. Mom, thank you. Have a phenomenal weekend. Thank you, Jake's uh, mom. Goodbye. 
Hey, everybody. Baseball Barbecue podcast you're listening to. That's me. I'm Jake. We are proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. The sports are back. Baseball in full swing. We've got the NBA playoffs, hockey in the bubbles, golf, and so much more. And football, the hand egg, as it is called, is right around the corner. And I am starting out my fantasy football season because I love beating my old high school friends at something. So I play fantasy football. You've never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play for free this NFL season. No deposit required. Just sign up. FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. The FanDuel Fantasy app, it's easy to use. They've got different and unique contests across different sports in relation to your skill level, which is nice because my skill level with fantasy sports is bad skill level. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play for free this NFL season. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. For those folks who want to deposit, they're offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy. No, that is not a binge mode pod. Download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. FanDuel, more ways to win. Thanks to my mom. Yay, Jake's mom. That was a blast. Mm, It's a shame that Jake couldn't be there for the whole thing because of his Wi-Fi. All right. Let's continue with our mailbag. Bobby Wagner is is back, and Bobby Wagner has a few more questions for us before we say goodbye. Time for three more questions. Okay, this one comes from Max. I love the Fernando Tatis Jr. jersey segment on the pod, and I've been watching your morning Instagram lives. Shout out to The Breakfast. And notice Jordan wearing a number of fitted hats for varying teams as he is right now. So I'm wondering, what do y'all think is the best piece of baseball merchandise? Max is a big fan of the fitted hat, and he's a big Phillies fan as well. Sorry, Max. Uh, P.S. Also love the Tampa Bay logo for its minimal design, and because it's simply TB, which would be confusing to some, given that that stands for tuberculosis. Okay, now that we've gotten into tuberculosis talk, what are your favorite pieces of baseball merchandise? So first Jordan, of all, Bob, first of all, is a Bobby, hat guy. do you want to? I, I am a hat guy, but Bobby, do you want to update? You, you got your jersey. I got my jersey, guys. I got wow. my Fernando Tatis Jr. jersey. I don't know. And Jake, Jake ordered his a day before me, and his hasn't even shipped. I don't know if that's just because I'm closer to San Diego. Do you think they had like a courier situation? Like somebody Ooh. rode their bike up here? <laughs> good, they put good it question. in an Uber. <laughs> Yeah, Premium delivery for my Fernando Tatis Jr. jersey. They were afraid that I was making too much of a stink about it on Twitter. Mine is yeah. coming next week. Um, I'm very excited about it. It it has been shipped. I assume oh. uh, Fernando Tatis himself is going to bring it to my door, take it off his back, and then walk back across America. Um, okay, Jordan, you're a hat guy, I would say, and I'm more of a Jersey jersey guy. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we both were... And still are like all the way in on jerseys, uh, fairly equally. But like the hats are something that I love for a lot of reasons. Um, I think that there's something about like, especially with minor league hats, when there's always a new one to get, and there's always one that 
makes you look at it and be like, what the hell is going on on that hat? But then to see, to turn around and see the minor league baseball logo on the back and know that it's an official minor league team is one of my favorite feelings in the world. And so that's why I have like a thousand of them. I know this is a podcast, but as you know, like, and this is only half of them. I just got back, got my stuff back from New York and I still have a bunch that aren't even in good quality anymore, which makes me very sad. But, you know, it's just versatile. It's, you know, if you're really worried about matching it with your what you're wearing, I have a hat for every single color, uh, basically at this point. And I just love hats. So that's what I like. And also like when your hair is if, a mess, you're yeah. in good shape. When I'm out and about in the world and I see a hat, I'm like, oh, I got to get that for Jordan. You know, like I, I know that and that's accepted. And I remember when you were in in uh, DR with me, it was like, all right, Jordan, which hat you want? I got six options here, six teams. Like, which one are you getting? Uh, I am... I have become, I'm still a big hat guy. Uh, I assume I will be more of a hat guy as my hair continues to fall out. I will be trying to hide that more and more. Uh, but I have, I am really about buying and finding baseball gear that is a little weird, a little old, a little different. And like the Fernando Tatis Jr. jersey hype to me is the opposite of what I usually like in baseball merch, right? Like, I have no interest in buying a Trout shirt. I have no interest in buying a Judge shirt, right, for the Yankees or the Angels. Like, I have a Aaron Judge Fresno State College Bulldogs jersey, right? Like, I want things like that. That makes me happy. Something that, like, someone sees that and they're like, that's his Judge 99. That's super weird. Bulldogs, what is that? Like, I like to accumulate that kind of thing. And and I, I want to get Bobby's take here in a second. Uh but but I, I want to bring up something that we've, Jake and I have, you know, being to so many ballparks and just being out in public together. Like, what is the worst feeling in the world when we see a the front of a jersey or a jersey of a baseball team and we pass them and we turn around and we're like, oh, give me something, give me something. And it's Derek Jeter. Or it's nobody, or it's, it's Derek Jeter, or with a name too, with the name written <laughs> on the back, right. which isn't even what the jersey looks like, right? Of course, but of course, I tweeted these out. But a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. in New York, I had back to back days where I saw a Red Sox Coco Crisp in nice. Fort Greene Park, and I saw a Pirates AJ Burnett uh, on like 118th and Frederick Douglass, and yes. it's like that's what we're looking for. That's what I want. I want to turn around, see the back of your jersey or jersey. And be like, yes. be like, yes, please. <laughs> right. One of you ne- next year for my birthday, what, can one of you get me a Bronson Arroyo jersey from whatever team that Bronson Arroyo was on that I don't remember that he was on? Like whatever team you yes. think that I Challenge wouldn't remember accepted. watching him pitch Diamondbacks, on. Diamondbacks, yes. We'll get it for you. Okay. Um, My take on this is that I, uh, I like jerseys, but I like retro jerseys. And if we could do a little armchair psychology, it's probably because there have been so many Mets have come up and been either good for one year and moved on from the team or that have then been bad from that point on. Like, I have my Harvey jersey. Right. I'm never going to wear that again. What am I going to do with that? This is, yeah, that's true. I, I'm i not thinking about so like I like, what... My, my go-to jersey is Mookie Wilson. Because, like, there's nothing right. that is unassailable. Yeah, that's safe, though. The, the winning run in games, that's safe? I mean, okay. No, what, that's good, What though. other that's, guy it's... do you want me to buy off the 1986 team, Jake? What other guy do you want me to represent from that team? Gooden. <laughs> I think I think that is a, a a very good, clean, cool choice. 
But I think some of this too is that like, it's funny how like Jake, in our experience buying jerseys, some of them age better than others, right? And like, we're not going to go through a whole thing, but like sometimes you buy the guy who's like, oh, like, okay, my Yangervis Solarte Yankee jersey. Like that I love, one of my favorite ones that I have because I knew at right. the time it was funny and it was always going to be funny. <laughs> but do you remember also one of the first times we went to City Field, I got a Jacob deGrom jersey. This was in like 2014 nice. or 15. And I was like, oh, like he's, you know, hot young pitcher. He's pretty good. But now, like I wouldn't wear that because he's so, he's the best pitcher in the world. And it's like, what? Right. I mean, this is us being I would weird, like to say I finally crowned my Jacob deGrom fandom by getting a deGrom jersey this year. <laughs> this was the year that I was like, this dude's touching a hundred in every right. start. I'm like, you right. know what? I think he's earned it. Two times Cy Young. He's done enough at this point anyway yeah so that's a uh, Jordan, that's such a good point but, but yeah it's so funny how they age like buying them when the players like i remember i got a nolan arenado jersey like his first or second year right. and like i i wouldn't wear that that often now and like <laughs> another example of one right so i have a miggy marlins one that i got recently right but it if i had bought that when he was on the marlins it would have been like well that's fine like he's one of the best players in baseball whatever but now it's awesome right right it's yeah. just very interesting how they, I, I, you know what we need? We need a stock X for jerseys. <laughs> Pretty much. Yo, so uh, last thing on jerseys for Christmas every year, my parents, when Billy Wagner was still in the league, my parents used to just get us, if he had switched teams, they used to get all of us in the immediate family, Amazing. a Billy Wagner jersey from whatever team he was on that year. So somewhere in Bobby Wagner's home in the suburbs of North Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, there is a Billy Wagner Phillies jersey that belongs to me. I know it's sacrilege, wow. but it's there. Division three baseball icon. Yes. Billy shouts Wagner. Out, shouts out to Ferrum College. Uh, yeah, where's Bobby your Wagner. Ferrum College <laughs> Billy Wagner jersey? Get that one Let, for me along with my, uh, I will my work Bronson on that. Arroyo. Um, okay, let's move on. Yes, Unless you guys have one, anything left to say about merchandise. I think of we should wear we do, baseball but... pants instead of jerseys. That's my take. Uh, here's a question from Mick. Hey guys, I'm a Cubs fan, but I'm not here to talk about that. I think Nick Markakis should be a Hall of Famer if he gets 3,000 hits. People will say he wasn't good enough to get in, but dude, it's 3,000 hits. Here's why it's possible. Markakis is going into his age 37 season next year, so he plays until he's 40. That means he would have to average 150 hits each year from 2021 to 2024. Not a real year. Given that he's averaged 157 over his career and even had 185 hits just in 2018, that's totally possible. So, mm. if he sticks around, it's unlikely he reaches 3,000 hits. But if he leaves and goes back to Baltimore, where it all started, and can get plenty of playing time, then it yeah. could happen. Jake, I know you love to see this happen for the OG Oriole. This is from Mick. Jake. A lot of thoughts here. A lot of thoughts. Number one, he's not the OG Oriole at all. Because Jim Palmer and Cal Ripken, who we talked about... <laughs> He, he is not Gus Triando. It's like he's not the OG Oriole, whatever. I don't have as much affection for Nick Marcakis as you think I would. My Orioles fandom, I took a bit of a break for a couple of years in the mid-aughts due to you know mental health purposes as an 11-year-old watching the worst baseball team in the league. Uh, and Big so Marcakis means, means less to me than you might expect. And I don't think he should get in the Hall of Fame no matter what, really, unless he starts hitting a ton of home runs. I am of the mind that, like, the Hall of Fame is there to reward people who were really good and also people who mattered to baseball history. And if Nick Marquez ends up with 28, 
100 hits, that's a very impressive career. But like, I'm not going to tell my grandchildren about Nick Markakis. And I I think that's kind of, to me, like, who am I going to tell my grandkids about is who gets to be in my Hall of Fame. As we talked about with Ryan Rucco last week, is it impressive to be a compiler? Yes, but that doesn't make you one of the best players in the league. And so, sure, the fact that he's soon next year going to pass Mickey Mantle and hits, like, yeah, that's crazy. But <laughs> doesn't mean he's a Hall of Famer. So, sorry. But do you know I who's better? Think, Mickey Mantle. Yeah. The, yes. <laughs> What's most interesting about this is that this dude is a Cubs fan and, like, cares this much about Nick Markegas getting to 3,000 hits. Like, what? Who cares? How do you become if you love a big so Markegas guy? Like, if, you love him, if you love him so much, you want to go play for the Cubs and get to 3,000 hits? Would you like to see that? I assume not. Uh, all right. Bobby, I believe we have one final question. And, yes, we do. Um, I'm, I like this one. This one is a little bit uh, more interesting than Nick Markegas. Go ahead. It comes from Brock. For most of my baseball fandom, I have been obsessed with the all-time home run record. As a nine-year-old Pirates fan in 2004, I feel like I'm being trolled by this, I was sure Jason Bay was going to one day break the record I was all in. That dream lasted another few years until I realized a 24-year-old rookie ain't going to get it done. I wish I could have enjoyed Bonds' record-setting dinger, but at the time, I was a blowhard middle schooler and thought Bonds should be blasted to the sun. Ever since then, I have always kept tabs on the players that I think can fulfill this dream of mine. Three questions for you guys. Number one, what current player do you think has a shot at the record? Two, do you think said player will eclipse 762? So will they actually break it? And what former or current player do you think had the best shot but was derailed by injuries? Let's start at three. The answer to three is Griffey. Um, it, it, it is one of the biggest unfortunate things in baseball history, because if you look at the timing of it, Griffey was on pace. If you if you basically say Bonds did what he did, Griffey was on pace to start breaking that record or getting close, and they could have been neck and neck. So we could have had a Maguire-Sosa situation with Bonds and Griffey for the all-time record, which would have been like, oh, unbelievable. Imagine I don't the want to share my thoughts. That. <laughs> Amazing. I don't want to share my thoughts about how MLB ruined Bonds breaking the record right now, but... Uh, that answer to that one is Griffey, for sure, like no doubt. Yeah, that's not even that's not even a question. I think everybody knows that he'd be at 800 homers. I mean, he missed like five plus seasons, so it's obviously Griffey. Okay, the other two questions are more interesting. Will anyone? Uh, which one do you want to get to first? Because to me, the answer to number two is no freaking chance anyone is going to do this. At least not in the version of baseball that we currently have. Yes. Um. This is, there are a lot of ways to, and I, and I love, I, I, I'm also fascinated by this. And every time I try to track it or a guy comes up and hits a bunch of homers early, guys like Bellinger, who are already at 121 homers. And then of course, Trout, who's about to get to 300. Maybe he will have gotten there this past weekend. Um, Trout is still over 450 homers away from Barry Bonds. To the, so so you, let's just get, if we have him average 40 homers a year for the next 10 seasons, he still has work to do. Okay, so yeah. sorry, it's probably not going to happen. But if we are going to grant who is going to challenge it, who could even push 700? By the way, Pujols, as we made very clear on last episode, is more likely to get to 400 double plays than he is to get to 763 homers. Um, so, but in terms of the guys that you should be watching, if you want to be tracking this and want to do your on-pace math, it's really Bellinger is the one I think that you should be watching for because I Trout agree. and Stanton... Stanton would have been the one that I would have said actually did have a chance before we realized he was never going to be healthy at all. Um, I trusted him more than than Trout, but 
there's other than that, you need to be looking way earlier. You need to be looking at the Sotos and the Acunas and the ones that are starting when they're 19 and 20, because that's the right. only way you're going to make up for all of the years after 36 when Barry Bonds was still crushing dingers, because that's not going to happen anymore unless you're Nelson Cruz. So I want to put uh, this into context yeah. quickly. If you take Pujols in his 20s and you add it to Nelson Cruz in his 30s, that's 703 home runs, right? <laughs> right. You Albert still Pujols got a lot was as go. right. Albert Pujols yeah. was as good as it gets in his as anyone has ever been in their 20s, and Nelson Cruz has been about as good from a home run hitting perspective as anybody has ever been in their 30s. And that's still only 703 home runs, right? So to do this, you either need to be incredible at a really, really, really young age, or you need to be incredible at a super duper old age, right? And we can't predict who's going to be good at 38. We have no idea right now. Like, I have no idea whether Bellinger or Soto is going to be better at 38, and you don't either. So the only thing we can go off of then is who's young and who's good now. And if I had to take anyone, I think I would probably take Soto over Bellinger. Personally, I think so too. But it's all just throwing darts with a blindfold on. What do you think, Bobby? Well, I was just going to say, to the point that you have to be 19 or 20, you might think, Pete Alonso, rookie home run record. Well, he was 24. He had 53 home runs. He would have to do that he would have to repeat that performance every year for the next 15 years until he was 39. <laughs> right. To so, break that. If he did that for the next 14 years, he's not breaking that. If he hits only 50, you know, for the next 14 years, he's not breaking that. So it's just so, not possible. Right, like, you have to. You look at Hank Aaron, and I think Hank Aaron is a very interesting place to start, right? He never hits more than 47 homers in, in a season, right? He hits 40 a bunch of times. Um, he hits 30 a bunch of times, obviously. But the reason Hank Aaron gets to so many home runs is because he hits 27 at age 21, right? And he's able to hit 40 at age 39. That's it. That's the difference, right? You, there are a lot of guys who can do one of those two things, but very rarely in baseball history do we have anybody who can be Mel Ott, who shows up on all the young home run lists, and Raul Labanez, who shows up on the, all the old home run lists. And you just right? can't, you can't miss time like besides 2005 and i guess 99 bonds was never out for more than 10 or 20 games and like by the way the last point on this is that missing this season is a huge missing 100 games for the 2020 season is a huge deal for a guy like trout or a guy like stanton who should be in their prime putting up a, a 30 or 40 or 50 homer season and so that that could that might be costing someone right now and we don't even know it um and that's that's another element of it but i i agree it's really just about if you want someone you need to look at someone who's already started before because right so i mean bonds hits 16 when he's 21 but that's the thing you have to start earlier than that and to make up for the 200 homers that he hit after 35 <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Hank Aaron, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. was really good. And I would say underrated somehow. Only wins one MVP award. Hank Aaron has fewer MVPs than Juan Gonzalez. That's fine. Juan Gonzalez uh, was really good in backyard baseball 2001. Um, all right. Uh, Bobby, any other final uh, home run thoughts? I, I enjoyed this mailbag episode. Uh, no, I'm just scrolling the active home runs leaders right now, and my man, Jay Bruce, number seven. Yeah, <laughs> 318 Jay home Bruce runs. And Jay Bruce is only 32, right? 33. He just turned 33. 33. Oh, man. That's the thing. Okay, Freaking so, legend. Jay, if you take 
Bonds 33 on and you add it to current Jay Bruce, is that enough? Let's see. Okay. You said how old is he now? How old is Jay Bruce right now? He's 33. He's 33. Okay. So if we take his age 34 season, I'm starting at 33. Bonds had 388 home runs. So it's still not even enough. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's close. We're, we're getting there again. But. Barry Bonds, 33 on tacked on to Jay Bruce. Who's the seventh most That's the thing. active player. What still we're saying enough. is Jay, we're going to allow Jay Bruce to now become Barry Bonds and he's still not getting <laughs> Barry Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So that should really give you the sense. So I admire and respect the, the commitment to following this. But it's you got to be in it for the long haul because you need to be watching guys like Juan Soto because um, those guys have a way better shot than anyone over the age of 25. Wait, Barry Bonds walked 2,500 times? <laughs> that has to be a typo. Yeah, there's no way. Dude, look at the intentional walks. I think that's a typo too. We need to sell Sean Foreman that there's no way Whoa, that that was real. 688 intentional walks on purpose? Sneaky, more unbreakable record. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Bobby. No, the uh, most unbreakable record. The most unbreakable record, Bobby, is the 120 in a single season. That yeah, of is course. <laughs> way <laughs> more impressive than 73. Way more impressive. <laughs> oh, way more by a long shot. By a long shot. Uh, I like how Bobby, any podcast we have that isn't tied to the moment just devolves into <laughs> Bonds B ref. That's fine. I'm so okay with that. Uh, Bobby Wagner, this was a blast. Thank you for joining us for this Labor Day mailbag uh, pod and reading us these wonderful emails. Thank you to everyone who emailed us. If you would like to send an email, hopefully we'll do another mailbag at some point during the season. BaseballBBQPod at gmail.com. Um, other than that, thanks to Jake's mom. Thanks to you, Jake. Thanks to Jake's yeah. Wi-Fi. And uh, yeah, I think we'll see you on Thursday. I will have tweeted this out at some point, but if you... My birthday is uh, was, I guess, on Saturday. And if you're like, oh, I want to buy Jake uh, a beer for his birthday, uh, take... Five to ten dollars, depending on where you live, and donate that money instead. Just do it. I'm gonna tweet something about about it, but I don't need a beer. I'll buy my own beer. Give the money away. Goodbye. You need seventeen you beers for the last day of the season. Let's go, baby. Go O's. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.